0: What is up everybody? It's IBS Jesus coming at you guys live with another episode of IBS after dark. I'm sorry. Just finishing up my dinner. Got a late start to the evening. Um in today's episode we're gonna talk about college football, the playoff scenario, as well as some NFL action what's going on in the NFL, and kind of like I promised you guys at the end of our last episode, way back when, before I started school, I'm going to break it down. We'll do college football, NFL episodes, switch to basketball, just because it's kind of running a little long, and there's a lot of action going on throughout the leagues. so um, we're going to split it up just a little bit. I've got two people calling in for each segment. Uh Working college with me today supposed to be our Chris Sims. He's a member of IBS. He also has his own show, uh, as well as our college football guru, Marcus Anthony. He's a member of IBS, and he will be calling in a little bit later as well. So you guys just give me 10 seconds to set up, and I will get us started. All right, here we go. Yo, this is Chris. Yo, this is Chris. What's up, Chris? Hold on, man. Let me hey, uh, what's put going on, my, on my um let me put on my head, headphones. So I can I can hear you and hear myself with the headphones. Make sure I'm not too loud. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, man.
1: How about yourself?
0: Doing pretty good, pretty good. Hey, let's just uh Let's get started. I'll let you get this off your chest. Um, and it's one of the questions that people have been asking: How do you feel about uh, Cook not being a part of the Heisman finalists?
1: Well, man, it's 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 completely ludicrous, man. I mean, what else does a guy have to do? I mean, he he led, you know, he led the uh, the country in the twenty thirty, you know, a yard plus runs. Um, he was a cat. It meant more to his team than people realized. I think a lot of folks take it for granted just because it's Florida State. So they're thinking, you know, well, you know, they always have good players so that always have their guy. But this wasn't that type of Florida State team this year. It's a team mm-hmm. that was replacing, um, depending on who you ask, three to four starters, you know, on an offensive line. Um, and, that's hard for any team to do, and that was an adjustment period. But this guy is just like magic, man. I mean, you look at him, and he played against a lot of the um, the bigger, you know, the bigger squads in the league. He, he showed and I mean, he had a number of games, a couple of games. he's over two, you know, about 200 yards rushing, 190 yards rushing. Um, dude averaged almost eight yards a carry, man. I mean, who else is going to say that? Um, you know, the McCaffrey kid, he's a good kid. You know, I like him, tough kid, but pales in comparison to what Dalvin Cook could do. So people seem to forget, man, with, with Cook. Cook, average, man, like, you know, lost the numbers. This guy comes out and, and, and missed maybe about 10, 9, 10, quarters of football, okay? And he still put up the numbers that he put up. Um, it just, it's just crazy to me. He even had a game where... Yeah, I mean, He gets hurt in the first quarter He puts up the numbers he's put up this season He gets hurt in the first quarter He had like two carries for 94 yards man. So I'm sitting there thinking You know If he did all this missing the time that he missed What could he have done if he would Spend more time on the field But I don't think any of these other guys Well the, the running backs They got selected I'll just say that Meant as much to the team As Dalvin Cook meant To Florida State this year Needs to be
0: there, man. Now I will say this, um, and and I'm a Florida State fan. You know, we'll get that out the way so people don't think I'm, I'm, you know, not really with you on this because I feel some type of way about Cook not being uh, part of the finalists as well. But uh, Christian McCaffrey was amazing this year, and and I and I talked I talked him down a little bit just to play devil's advocate. But I, I got to tell you, man, I I don't know. Like Dalvin Cook was a great offensive weapon and um he was he was good at running the ball he was good at uh pretty much being uh everything that we needed him to be uh over at florida state however when you look at mccaffrey man he he's just as important uh to the stanford offense but when you break it down there was just nothing that he couldn't do he was running the ball he was he was returning the ball. He was catching the ball. I mean, God, in his last game, he, he threw a touchdown.
2: <laughs> so it's
0: like, oh, uh, yeah. it's hard to compete with something like that. But I'm not really sure how the how the finalist thing went down this year. It did seem a little strange to me, um, the three people that they selected. Uh, just, I mean, Henry, to me, didn't really stand out. I mean, he was he was consistent, but... He didn't seem to me any more special than any other Alabama running back I've seen. But um, I'm going to throw this off to Marcus and see what he thinks. He's uh, he's also got a pretty good, strong opinion and knowledge of, uh college football. What's up, Marcus? What's going on, man? How you doing? No, I'm good, What's man. Up, I'm good. And we're, we're talking uh, Heisman uh, right now. And we were, the question was uh, posed by Jeremiah this morning. um what are your thoughts on um, Dalvin Cook pretty much being snug uh, snub?
1: Uh, you know, I think the Heisman honestly has now become, a, it's a popularity contest. It's not really a uh, reflection of the best player in college football. I mean, if you look at the guys who were left off, not just Dalvin Cook, but Baker Mayfield and Keenan Reynolds, I think those guys are three of the best players in college football and, and, what, and also Ezekiel Elliott. Like, I don't understand what the Heisman committee is looking for. Are they looking for the most popular player Are they looking for the best players and most valuable players in college football? Because, I mean, people wrote us off after 11-1 and one season. We're going to the Fiesta Bowl. And people are acting like, you know, this is one of the worst seasons in Ohio State football history. So I, I think the committee... They got someone right? I think McCaffrey is America's sweetheart right now. Mm-hmm. I think he's the guy that people are kind of, like, rallying behind. But I, I, I think Deshaun Watson, I think he'll win it, and I think it is unfortunate for Dalvin Cook to be left off because I think he was the best player in the ACC, and that's mm-hmm. even including Deshaun Watson because I think if you look at what he's meant to the Florida State running attack and just that overall offense who struggled consistently, to To move the chain. He was that only bright spot on a very inconsistent offensive line and very inconsistent quarterback play. So looking at the stats, I, I don't see how he, he was left out of New York, but I got it. They're going to say, okay, well, we have Derrick Henry, and we also have McCaffrey, who's a, a utility and a running back player also. But I, I think it mm-hmm. should just really come down to who's the best player and not, you know, this popularity contest that the Heisman Trophy has become. Yeah, it's gonna it's
0: gonna be hard for anybody to really over or or to surpass Christian McCaffrey. Like I said, the guy's stats are just they're so ridiculous. I didn't even bother looking them up because they sound like they're from a video game, Um, and it's it's a little inflated because of uh, the return yards and stuff. But when you think of all purpose, uh, the definition of all purpose, I think Christian McCaffrey has to be the collegiate face. Uh, for that yeah. particular definition and and Heisman is supposed to go to the overall best player and and you know we people will argue stats some people argue level of competition um but out of the three I'm I'm with you guys he's probably the only one that actually deserves to really be there um I just I just do not understand Derrick Henry like maybe I maybe I'm missing something maybe I'm missing something but uh, can either one of you guys kind of explain to me what's what's the logic of Derrick, Derrick Henry being there over uh, just just in general just being there was his season really that good?
1: I, don't, I mean, don't get me wrong. He's got some numbers as far as he's got some good rushing numbers, but I think a lot of it has to do with. To be honest with you, is that you know I want you know the, his team is projected is Alabama, okay, and his mm-hmm. team was already projected to be in that you know football playoff, and I, and I think that's got a lot to do with it. I think a lot of these, a lot of the voters are always, and granted, I do think winning should be a part of the equation, but I look mm-hmm. at a lot, man, and, and, and it's, it seems to be more of the equation than people seem to think. I mean, you look at it, Henry and Alabama, they're in the, um, they're in the final four. Deshaun Watson, well, he should be in the conversation, but they're in, they're in the, they're in the four, they're in the playoff. You see what I'm saying? Now, McCaffrey isn't, he. They're more of the sweetheart, you know, just like Marcus said. You, you got to have that face. And, you, and, and he's that type of, uh, you know, blue-collar guy that can do it all. And, you know, people like stuff like that. He has a story behind it. But Henry, more or less, for me, is just the fact. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's, he's no slouch. He, he meant a lot to him. He played well in, a, in, a, in, a, in the games when they're on national TV. But to me, it's more or less because of he's playing for Alabama. Um than anything else, man. I mean, if you look at he, it, I mean, let's be real. I mean, let's be real. You take Mark, Derrick okay. Henry off of that squad, no,
0: go ahead,
1: go ahead. you take Derrick Henry off of that squad, and not to slight anything he did, but somebody else is going to do that over there in Alabama, man. I'm not sure you can say that really about a lot of the other players that got snug. Not saying that folks wouldn't have great seasons, but I don't think you can say that. There's definitely, i put it to you this way. The uh, situation with Dalvin Cook, oh, don't mistake it. Florida State has, we have some good running backs there. None of them can do what Dalvin Cook could do. You see what I'm saying? They can't do, they couldn't do what he could do. He's like zero to 100 real quick. He's on that Drake, you know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> but you take Derrick Henry out of that Alabama offense, and once again, to play like anything that he did, but the next back in that offense would be, pretty darn good. You know, I, I think I, – I, I agree with what you – completely what you said, that, you know, you look at the systems that are in place that – I guess I'm part of the elitist crew, too, of being Ohio State. Like, Zeke submits a lot to our offense, but he was – what's scary is he had 1,500-plus yards and he wasn't used properly. That's what right. was scary. And I was talking to a couple of my friends, and I'm like, we have Curtis Samuel, Braxton Miller. We had Dontrell Wilson. And we have Mike Weber. We had a plethora of 4 and five-star backs behind him that could easily do what he did behind our offensive line. And I think that the thing with Derrick Henry is, and, and, and that's the same thing, I think the system that are in place here in Columbus and in Tuscaloosa is every player there is elite. Every guy on that roster is that dude. So I, I think while he, what he did was sensational, yeah, I totally agree. The next back behind him, I mean if Kenyon Drake stayed healthy, I think he could easily put up those numbers or maybe even better numbers than actual um <clears throat> excuse me, than Derrick Henry. So I mean it's it's kinda it's always hard to say, but you know, it's a brand, man. It's a brand name, it's an image and that's why I it's it's hard for me to be like, Oh, you know, whatever because we're always on the inside. We're part of the elite It's Ohio State Alabama, right. and, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, these elite programs. So I, I think a part of it is the brand name because, I mean, I, the one that really left off to me that really got me heated was Keenan Reynolds. I mean, I got it. He plays at a service academy, and they play a different mm-hmm. brand of football. But if yeah. you look at what he's contributed to the collegiate game, not what he's going to do, maybe he'll never be a professional, but his collegiate statistics, it's mind-blowing how he was mm-hmm. invited to New York for the Heisman ceremony, so I, I thought the committee, man, I, I think they have to get back to who's the best player in college football. But it'll never be that way. It's gonna, I, it's really a popularity contest. And because I mean, I got it. Stanford had a great year. Alabama and Clemson had a great year, but that doesn't take away from the guys like Dalvin Cook, Keenan Reynolds, and Baker Mayfield who put up equally uh, impressive statistics. That's it, it, I, I, honestly, I don't even check for the Heisman anymore. To me, it's, it's just whatever. Like I know, because it just becomes such a popularity contest, man.
0: And
1: it's whatever to me from now on. Yeah, <laughs> it,
0: and that's pretty much um, when we get to the NFL discussion later. When I talk to Ronnie, we're pretty much going to touch on that too. All these these end of season awards do seem to be drifting to uh, popularity rather than actually fulfilling what they're meant to to represent but um you mentioned the uh, pretty much the privileged uh universities and stuff um we got into another situation uh where the playoffs are upon us we got four teams michigan state um alabama and like <laughs> just just off of the top of my head i just always want to say ohio state <laughs> but uh Clemson Clemson and oklahoma and oklahoma When you have teams like Ohio State that didn't get in, um, that didn't have necessarily a bad season, uh, the the resurgence of the Michigan program, uh, you got Iowa. They're not necessarily as elite as everybody else, but they're they're also winning. Imagine if TCU didn't get banged up, if Baylor didn't get banged up. um, And then imagine if, say, the refs had got that call right and North Carolina gets the ball back and they do something miraculous. Are we going to see the college playoffs expand in the near future? What do you guys think about that?
1: I'll tell you this. The change changes won't be made or implemented until it affects the big boys. When it truly Mm -hmm. starts to affect us or Alabama, then yeah, I think you'll see some changes. Because honestly, college football is a is a branding. It's a brand name, it's an image. Honestly, the Baylors, the TCUs, those guys, nobody really cares about them because they're not holding as equal weight as the table. When you think of Texas, USC, Ohio State, Notre Dame, the first thing the committee sees is money, dollars. Mm-hmm. These are brand names like Mercedes-Benz, like GM. That, that's who we are to the college football world. Now, from as a Buckeye fan, could we be one of the top 14? Absolutely. I think we have the most talented roster in college football, but we we don't deserve to be in the college football playoff. We had our chance against Michigan State. And I, I think Urban right now, we're at a very pivotal point because we're losing Chris Ashton Rutgers. We lost Tom Herman last year. We finally figured mm-hmm. out an offensive system. But next year, maybe – I mean, we're losing a lot. I mean, you look at – we're losing the Dolphins, Washington. We're losing Joey Bosa. We're probably going to lose Darren Lee, Vaughn Miller. And, I mean, of course we're losing Zeke. Cardell, nobody cares, but – I yeah. mean, we have a lot of guys that are coming back, but I, I don't think an 18 playoff yet is the right solution. Because if you okay, you go to four. Now, of course, teams five and six are complaining. You go to eight teams, then teams nine and ten are gonna complain. So mm-hmm. it's not really a, a perfect system, but it's a lot better than the BCS. And honestly, if you win, you're in. We lost to a very good Michigan State team in the shoot at a horribly called game by three points. So, I mean, it's really on us. I mean, we didn't execute. So, hey, and, and even Urban, he said, hey, it's on us, man. I mean, it wasn't a bad year, but it is what it is. You know, I don't think eighteen teams is, is the right answer, but I think the only thing I'd like to see in the playoff committee, I, I really wanted to see the committee change. I wanted to see more football minds on the actual committee. I, I got it. Condoleezza Rice, they have a few generals and a few other people of, Dignitaries that are, are used to making decisions. But I'd like to see mm-hmm. you have a Barry Alvarez, you have Tyron Willingham, you have some guys who have football knowledge and who view the game from a coach's aspect. So I'd like to see more football minds on the playoff committee, but I, I think they got it right on and on. Mm-hmm. Chris? Yeah, and I agree. He pretty much summed up everything I was thinking. Uh, first of all, I do think we will see it sooner than later because it is about money. At some point, and, and it is definitely going to take something to happen where it's not one of the the bigger name teams to actually, you know, when or somebody gets snubbed, you know, it's going to take a, a Alabama at some point, or uh, maybe even an Oregon or at some point Ohio State. I'm not gonna say get snubbed, but get left out. Maybe we have two teams yeah. that are vowing, you know, that have one loss, and then yeah. something. comes and then if you imagine what it happened, like say something like that happened, you have a team like Iowa comes along, right? Iowa mm-hmm. gets in, and they have one loss, and they get in over a team, you know, get over one of the, you know, one of the, the power teams, as I call them, or the, you know, the more notable, notable teams, the Alabamas or something like that. It's going to start an uproar, and um, people are not going to be happy, and they're going to be demanding it even more, even more. And I and I and I do think as we creep towards hopefully, like Marcus was saying, is possibly having more people that are real. I'm not saying that the people on the committee don't know football, but I like to see more football people on it. Um, I think they would totally agree. I mean, people were getting their ears about the money that's being made, the money that's going to be paid out. But it's going to take it's going to take a team. You know, cause it's going to come along. It's going to be something crazy, man. Iowa something totally off the charts like Northwestern. Watch what I tell you. It's going to end up leaving one of these teams out that we're used to seeing in there and people are going to be upset. Now, me personally, I agree with Marcus as well. I don't think eight teams is going to fix it because then there's going to be the 19 that's sitting there crying saying they should have got in. Or mm-hmm. Even more so, it's something I don't think people talk about a lot, If this thing expands, and granted, I have no problem expanding it because I don't think there's – I think it's the system right now as good as it's probably ever been, but it's not perfect either. But wait till we expand, right? And then these power conferences are going to start saying, hey, well, we want to start demanding that our conference champion gets an automatic bid. All right? That's Mm -hmm. going to create another problem down the road. Um, some are going to agree with it Some are not going to agree with it And then it's still going to be a mess And we're going to be at eight And then they're going to say Okay well If these power conferences You know Their champion gets an automatic bid Then we need to expand it Another You know Another four teams or so on and so forth So It's kind of sticky But I do think it's going to happen Yeah And, and this is, is
0: my I was going to say uh, This is my next question Because um, we got We got like nine minutes And um, Yeah and I, and I think this is uh, something that's important. Um, speaking on behalf of, of casual fans as, as well as some diehards, um, now we're talking about branding. We're talking about the money flowing and uh, the committees and, and the minds and, and you know everything. Pretty much the system that is uh, college football playoffs right now. Has it ever crossed your mind? Because it crosses my mind a lot. Do you think that there? Will come a time where we find out that this is kind of rigged, not necessarily rigged in the way that that the winner is determined, but there's kind of no chance still for the smaller schools, uh, like like a Navy, an undefeated Navy. There's really no chance for them to crack to crack the top uh, four. Like Iowa was undefeated most of the year, and they still needed to beat or to win their conference just to even be considered. And people were still saying that even if they won the conference, they they didn't belong. So um, is, is, does that bother you guys that it's, it's kind of – is it too difficult with four teams? You, you know, I, I
1: think being a Buckeye fan, I have no problem with what it is. Because, and, and I agree with you. By introducing the college football playoff, really all they did was increase the gap between the haves and have-nots. Because Mm -hmm. these Power Five conferences, they can say whatever they want to say, but when Nick Saban and Urban Meyer speaks, the the guys at Matt Rule, Justin Fuente, they don't have the same impact and influence as these guys, not just from the individuals. But you think about these programs, what Ohio State or an Alabama, a USC, a Texas means to college football. No, absolutely not. I, 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 when I say when you say rigged, yeah, I, I totally get what you mean. Is that when you sit down at a negotiating table, not everyone holds the same weight. Because when you think about think about Notre Dame, Notre Dame mm-hmm. is a bipartisan member of the ACC. They're not even a full member of the ACC, but they get credit for being a member of the Atlantic Coast Conference, and, and they're not. So I think what, now this is a situation I foresee happening is that Notre Dame going undefeated, playing a half ACC schedule, and may not get in to a college football playoff over an SEC, a two-loss or one-loss SEC team. That's what it's going to take to really start the change into college football. Or if you see, like, if we were to go, I think one of the things that's beneficial for us is the resurgence of Penn State, who's a lot better under James Franklin, the school up north, they're a lot better under Harbaugh. <laughs> and we've also seen Michigan State that's very, very good. So I think we're starting to reap the benefits like the SEC. I say we're a very SEC-type fan base because, I mean, people in Columbus are disappointed, very mm-hmm. disappointed. I mean, you talk to fans here in Columbus, they're acting like it was a 7-5 and five season. I'm like, hey, guys, you realize that we were three points away from the college football playoffs. Is okay. So, you know, it's just so – it is unfair. I mean, when you think about these guys like a Houston who, you know, the highest-ranking Power Five conference is is available for a New Year's six-day bowl, and they, and they did get, get invited. And I think a lot of it's due to travel, fan base, and, and, and money, and the brands that are these college football programs who are really, like, smaller NFL teams. Because, I mean, if you look at the budgeting and it, at Ohio State, Alabama, Texas, man, I mean, you—it's it, amazing. I see it every day what football means to a university, and it, it's just—it's incredible.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Chris, yeah, yeah, it, it's not too on Now, I think he pretty much hit it on the head. Now, it's uh, this format that we've got now with the college football system, with the uh, playoff system, it. Some, it's still some of the same that they had when we had the BCS to the extent that it's usually always the bigger schools, okay? And there's no secret to realistically for the most part what's looked at for the most part and when they're determining who are the top schools, where is the mm-hmm. money gonna come from, uh who you know, who's who's gonna travel well, who's gonna be on television. They know it's the big schools. So they and you know not only do you have to win but you have to have quality wins. And and yep. we talk about these smaller schools, unfortunately, I mean there'll always be a story here and there that somebody comes down and knocks off a big you know, a big name school, you know, it happens once every so many years. But how many times is that gonna happen? Okay. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. you know, almost none. So as far as it being really these schools know exactly for the most part what drives uh you know what drives the voters. What drives you know you to have a chance, and that's basically you know you put people on your schedule that will mean something down the road. You know you don't put little pansies, you know division, you know you know one uh, AA schools and all these other schools on your division on your uh, you know on your schedule and expect to be one of the top schools. You know if you don't perform well down the road or somebody plays a tougher schedule than you, I so I don't really ever see. You know, as long as, uh, long as that format's in place and as long
0: as money's in place, I don't ever see it happen, man. I don't think we'll see we'll find out that it's real. All right, fellas, uh, we're running out of time. We got three minutes left. So I'm gonna give each of you a chance. Give me your college playoff predictions. Marcus, we'll start with you. Oh uh,
1: man, I'll tell you what. I I I'm gonna go Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma offers a, a lot of balance on offense with uh, P. Ryan, Baker Mayfield, and also their defense has played really well. I think Bob Stoops has made a, a big time adjustment. He used to be a him and him and his brother, I should say, it used to be a heavily manned team, and that's what Oklahoma was known for very aggressive, man to man, pressure based defensive. Now they they've kind of changed their mode. They went to a more of an odd a three base front, and and really done a lot on the defensive end to keep them into game. So I'd like mm-hmm. to see Oklahoma. I'll never root for Sparty. I, I I hope Alabama beats them by 100. But at the <laughs> same time, I hate Nick Saban equally, and I hate Alabama equally. But I, I'd i like to see Oklahoma. If not, I would like to see Clemson, Um, you know, kind of extend their resume because they've always been on the cusp of greatness. And I think mm-hmm. that after when Dabo took the job, you know, there was so much – animosity towards him and being this pick. So I'd like to see Clemson, if not Oklahoma, but my pick is definitely the Sooners. Mm-hmm. Chris? All right, just real quick on mine. Basically, I'm going with the Sooners as well. Um, Sooners and, 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 and I'm getting at it, but I'm going to go ahead and take the Sooners. And I'm more so on that point I'm really excited about because I stated about, about four or five weeks ago that I would love to see uh Clemson and Oklahoma get it on first mm-hmm. well somewhere in the playoffs and I think with all the you know the Deshaun Watson and the Baker Mayfields I mean the, the Wayne Garmans and the so you know Samajie and you know Dabo and Scoops I think to me this game could be better than the national championship game I really do think mm-hmm. it you know, I think it mm-hmm. could y'all you know, good but um I I'm I'm riding with the Sooners in this one um, I'm thinking
0: Something's big you know, something's big around the corner for them. Yeah, I I like Michigan State, uh and I'm sorry Marcus, but I just I just like the fact that they're a gritty team. I feel like they they had the baptismal through fire. They've come a long way and they've been disrespected pretty much every big game that they had. They were disrespected against Michigan, they were really disrespected against Ohio State and they and they pulled it out. Um I don't think they were necessarily disrespected against Michigan, uh, I mean against Iowa, but it was still a tough challenge. And I would love to see them win it, but I just I think they're just like Iowa. I think they're good enough to beat everybody else, but not good enough to beat any of the uh, three teams that they're going to face uh, or they could have potentially faced um, in the playoffs. But um, I, I agree. I think Oklahoma-Clemson is going to be the best game. I think Oklahoma beats Clemson. Um, I'm still, you know – I'm not sold on Clemson man. They they're synonymous with choking. So I, I if I'm a betting man I'm not betting on Clemson. But if Dabo wins, um that'd be great. Like Marcus said, it'd be great for him, be great for that program, uh be great for the ACC. I think they've taken a hit uh, as a conference, uh as far as football goes in the last couple seasons or so. Even after Florida State won the national championship, they still didn't get a lot of respect as a conference. So, um it would be good uh for them to win, but Definitely going to be entertaining uh, when you factor in the personalities that both coaches have in uh, Clemson and at uh, Oklahoma, and then also with the players that they have. and, and Baker Mayfield might be one of the grittiest quarterbacks uh, in college yeah. football today. So he's going he's going to be game. He's going to be game, and you know Clemson's going to come out and they're going to they're going to hit you in the mouth and score. And they play some great defense uh, yeah. as a, as a unit. So it's, it should be definitely entertaining. I'll probably go to sleep to Michigan State and Alabama, though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't have a lot of expectations for that. Go ahead.
1: No, I was just going to say, yeah, it's going to be a horror. It's going to be a uh, three yards and a cloud of dust, traditional SEC, old school Big Mm -hmm. Ten, two tight ends, smashing the most dominant team at the line of scrimmage will win the game. So
2: it'll be a pretty good game.
1: I'm I'm actually excited about our game against Notre Dame. I think it'll be a really high-paced game. I really want to see where the team – Mentality is because we know so many people are leaving, and I, I honestly think guys are starting to look forward to, to next year already. So,
0: yeah, you know what? Um, before we go, before I let you go, because I know I think that's Ronnie on the other line, uh, we got to talk NFL. You know what game I'm really excited about, and and nobody's talking about it? I think Baylor's playing North Carolina, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. so and I, and I think their they're quarterback. Uh, did him or how you say his name? Sten Stenham. Uh, I think he's coming back um, for that game with with okay. Coleman and and that North Carolina offense. You could possibly see like a, a sixty three to sixty two score type thing. Like, yeah, yeah. Because Baylor doesn't. They don't. They don't really rush. They kind of sit back. And and um, I think North Carolina quarterback has one of the better. Uh, deep balls in college. If you give him time, and we all know his receivers can flat out fly, so I think that'll be one of the more entertaining games uh, shown.
2: Yep.
0: All right, fellas, I appreciate you guys calling in. Um, I think Chase has a show he's going to do on Thursday. I'll tell him to get in touch with you guys. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, talk, good talk. Yeah. yeah, it's Thursday. Thanks,
1: alright you
0: All right, y'all have a good one. Y'all,
1: you to too, man. Go, Buck.
0: that was uh, Marcus and Chris they're part of uh, IBS and um, Marcus is obviously pro Ohio State but he knows a lot about college football and a lot about football in general Um, real good X's and O guy and uh, Chris is also a real good X's and O guy and and they really care about the sport man I'm going to try to get them on as much as possible um, to talk about college football we got a couple other guys in the group as well that, that follow the sport real closely and know a lot I just picked it back up, honestly, myself, um, as far as watching casually. Um, I've been a Florida State fan, but I think this year I've watched more Baylor, Iowa State, West Virginia, Stanford. Like, I've I've branched out, and it's really been a better product in my mind uh, than the NFL as far as the entertainment factor. And that's pretty much what me and Ronnie are going to start off talking about uh, with the NFL. So let me get him on. Ronnie, are you there?
2: Yeah,
0: I'm on. What's up, man? How you doing?
2: Doing all right.
0: I told um, I told Maurice he could call in too, but I don't know he might be busy. But um, let's go ahead and, and just roll right into what I was just talking about. Um, I am one of the probably one of many people who have transitioned to liking college football more than I like watching NFL, especially this year. Um. What is going on with the league? What is going on with the game that we love? Like what's what's the state of the NFL today? Are there are there too many rules or or is it is it just bad football in general because the players are not that good in, in the skill positions that are important like quarterback
2: play? Um I talk about the Morning Drive a little bit too. It's a it's a mediocre product and there are a lot of things that uh probably go into it, but I think the collective bargaining agreement, last time around. They have less practice days, less days in pads. Two days don't even exist anymore. So there's less time with the coaches and the players actually on the field, and they're actually hitting less in practice. Mm-hmm. So I think that matters. I think I think maybe the quarterback thing is slightly exaggerated because back in the day you didn't have 32 good quarterbacks either. Uh, mm-hmm. But it, it does seem amazing that they're only – Gosh, and and if we're going to count the Matt Ryan of the world, we're talking 12 to 15 functional quarterbacks that might be average to above average. So mm-hmm. that that does seem kind of strange, but I I have to compare it, but I doubt there were 20 good quarterbacks at any time in the league. I think the rules don't help. It makes things look like a sham because it's so complex that the referees don't even know what's going on. I also think that that I guess offense is so far ahead of defense that it's mm-hmm. set and that can give us the illusion that the defenses are bad, even though last night we saw, <laughs> we saw a horrible offensive display. But I don't know. I think there's a lot of factors. So I think the practice schedule from the collective bargaining agreement last time around is the biggest factor.
0: Yeah, and and I think, um, I think I agree with you to, to that point that the scheduling and, and, and preparation and recovery time, which I think is something that's often overlooked in the NFL. You take a beating every Sunday, no matter who you play, no matter who you are, it's a very physical game. And we now have a game every Thursday. Um, I think it used to be Thursday night games didn't start to like, later in the season, but now it's every Thursday uh some teams are traveling to London uh it, to be honest with you I don't know how they schedule the games anymore um as far as home and away it looks like some teams are traveling across the country for a Monday night game have to come back across the country for a Thursday night game and and it's just it's just getting ridiculous and and like like you said you know it's taking a toll and it's probably just an accumulation of everything but um my biggest beef with the league today is just the rules man and And this can flow a little bit into what I was saying in college. The college product, to me, is a little bit more pleasing to the eyes, but they've also got their rules too, Uh, that targeting rule. I saw a kid in the Houston game almost get ejected in a a conference championship game because he hit a kid that was uh, falling out of bounds. But in real time, it looked like the kid could have got his balance and kept going on down the sideline. But the refs threw a flag, and then they picked it back up. You see that in the NFL, guys, are, are, they're throwing flags left and right. The the Cowboys game, I was listening to it on the radio, and I couldn't even tell what was going on because it was flag, 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 punt, flag, 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 punt, kickoff, wait, who scored? You know? And I'm wondering if, if all of this trying to be uh, pleasing to the eyes of the public is is affecting the way the game is played as well? Because you know you got that concussion movie coming out. CTE is still in the news. It's still very, uh, is still very um, fresh in the minds of, of the public. Um, and every week there's a concussion, and people are getting questioned. Are, are, are is the league being too timid? Do you think? Uh, i think one well, the two, two things there,
2: two pieces is one. Where we uh the league gets more exposure than the other, so all the warts we see more than we did 10, 15, 10 years ago. Then, on that, on the River Front, we are, in the unconscious, we, too, we have put everything under a microscope, just like that play that you just told me about in college college, Houston, Houston. These things are going in real time, beyond real time. We've got guys going uh, 20 miles per hour on the football field. we guys going 20 miles per hour on the football field. And at the mm-hmm. same time, we're try- then after that, we want to analyze the decisions that they make going at a fast breakneck pace. And so it's almost impossible for the referees, for the players to judge players' intent and all of those things. It's very difficult to do going when you're running as opposed to when you're looking at it in slow motion and then you have the other piece with what was the other thing that you said about the uh, the second piece was about the just the overall play or what was that I can't remember what the second part yeah was I
0: was that. wondering if, if maybe um, the, the, the rule changes and uh, people trying to be politically correct in how they address concussions and stuff um, is affecting the the flow of the game?
2: I'm not sure. I think for the most part, people have adjusted to the way they want you to tackle. I mean, we have instances with the quarterback. I think that is a problem because you can't really hit the quarterback anywhere. But we have a couple instances every week where we see a hit that probably should have been clean. But I don't think it hurts really the flow of the game, to be honest with you
0: okay yeah and and this I think is gonna be something that uh, we'll probably end up talking about more in detail during the off season. I think there's gonna be a lot of complaints from uh from coaches and fans alike, especially when when they do a year in re- in review of the league, you know we got constant equipment malfunctions um people are using yeah, everything but but yeah it's it's been more frequent um and it's it's almost like. Maybe they've been cutting corners this whole time, and it's just now coming to light because it's just happening so frequently. But the product's got to change, especially if they're going to start selling it overseas um, and, and doing games in Mexico City, London, Germany, stuff like that. I know they've got these grand plans, but they got to take care of the product in America, and it's uh, it's getting a little sloppy. So hopefully it'll be addressed. Hopefully they'll make... When they address it, they'll make it public as well because I would love to see the thought process of the uh, rules committee and and how they go about um, with the approach, especially with uh, the concussion movie and CTE, like I said, still being fresh in everybody's mind. Um, Switching to actual league talk. Uh, We touched on this uh, like the last time we got together, so might as well come back and review it, talking Patriots and Panthers again. Um, I think I said it, or you might have said it, one of us questioned whether or not the Patriots had the depth to sustain injuries to key players. Well, now Edelman's hurt. Gronk is week to week. Deion Lewis is gone. That is at least 65%, maybe 70% of Tom Brady's uh, weapons, and they're they, what, lost two in a row? Should there be some concern in New England?
2: Uh, not really. I think they get healthy. You get if you get Edelman back and he's hundred percent for the playoffs, you're good to go. They don't. I don't think they need home field advantage as much as some other teams. They don't have a problem going in Cincinnati and Denver and winning a game. You get Edelman, you get Grunt back hundred percent. I think you're fine. They do miss Dion Lewis, but and I don't see them losing three straight games under Belichick. They really, if you look at these two games. The Denver game was really horribly officiated. They still had a chance to win, but it really was a lot of bad breaks, and they mm-hmm. really should have won that game. Then you go back to the uh, last, yesterday, and they just played terrible. They got too cute with the drop kick. Brady made some uncharacteristic mistakes, which may be because of the lack of weapons where he's trying to force it. Uh, the special teams touchdown. Just a lot of uncharacteristic sloppiness from the Patriots. So I think you're going to see a different team this week, and I also think if they're allowed to get healthy and they still finish 12 and four, this is the time mm-hmm. that Belichick's teams get better December and January. So I think they're fine. I don't know if they're going to Super Bowl, but I think if Gronk is healthy, they're fine. Let me put it that way.
0: Yeah, and, and I know people people are hard on Tom Brady um, in his play the last couple of weeks, but I mean, again, you take. You take the majority of people's weapons away from them, you, you're essentially changing their style of play, uh, messing with the system. So anybody's going to have bumps in the road, you know, if you take that away. Look at look at Aaron Rodgers without Jordy Nelson. It, it's been some days like, oh, man, it's great. Other days it's like, what am I watching? <laughs> you know, and then Ed Lacey's going rogue. That's what I'm going to call it. He's going rogue, missing curfew, overweight. I don't, I don't know what he's got going on, man, but he's also not necessarily a part of the game plan anymore, and, and Rodgers has struggled a little. So, I mean, Tom Brady's probably going to end up being the best quarterback ever. Uh, he's definitely the best of his generation. I know some people will dispute that, but I think you and I will agree on that. And when you take away Gronk, you take away Edelman, you, you, know, you leave him with Chandler, who's just got picked up this year. Amendola who pretty much is, is finally getting some solid playing time but he's playing hurt. And then Lafelle is is dropping passes like he's on the Panthers still. So um it's gonna it's gonna mess with him a little bit. But I guess you I you know I guess you're right. They they're still the Patriots. And they're still the most experienced team hitting into the postseason. They're gonna make it to the postseason. So I I doubt like you said whether they're home or away is not going to matter much in the in the long run. Um, now, my next question is about the Panthers, and it might be a little it might sound a little strange, but it's something that I think might come up. So they are still undefeated. Let's say the Panthers end up eighteen and zero. Do you think the pressure of staying perfect or 18 eighteen zero sixteen and zero? You think the pressure of staying perfect. Might affect them in the playoffs.
2: Oh, uh, that, and that's a good philosophical question because people say a lot of times they say in basketball, uh, and you looked at it with Kentucky in college; they went undefeated in the regular season, they lost in the postseason, and they say you want to get that loss out of the way. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty competitive person, so I always want people to go for the undefeated. Mm-hmm. I, and I don't necessarily know if it's the pressure of going undefeated or if it's how hard it is to really go undefeated because no matter how great you are, with the exception of Golden State, evidently, but no matter how great you are, you're going to lay an egg one night. One day you're not going to feel great getting out of bed. The ball's not going to bounce right. Your girlfriend's going to tick you off. Your kid's going to be sick, whatever. You're going to have a bad Sunday. Someone's going to play above their head. People are going to have miscommunications and screw up. And, you don't want that to happen in the playoffs. So I think the pressure of that and just how hard it is to every single time go out there and beat other professional athletes, it just makes it difficult. And when you have already when you when you haven't lost, it that that thing that game can come at the in, most inopportune time.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree. I
2: agree and it's
0: it's strange to me um, to see teams you know that you're accustomed to seeing playing so well over the uh, course of a regular season. You know, you mentioned Kentucky, and it was it was pretty much like that. Like the game got close, and you would think a team being as good as they are would be like, okay, well, it was bound to happen eventually, and just roll with it. But but they get tight, you know, and, and we forget even collegiate players, professional athletes. Um, I think that kind of got to the Patriots in the Super Bowl like, you know, the game got close, you, the Giants got that break, and, and people got tight, and it's like, man, it's the simplest things. I think it was Welker's catch. He's done it a million times, and that one time he dropped it, and it just seemed like they just didn't really uh, recover from any of that. So um, I hope that doesn't happen to the Panthers, and the only reason why I think they might be different is because we are vote wrong. They just They're just an unorthodox team in general. So if if for some reason you know if there was one person that I uh, I think could rise mm-hmm. above that pressure it would be Cam Newton, you know he's a very he's definitely playing confident right now so um I just I don't I want I don't want to gush over the Panthers because <laughs> cause they're still flawed <laughs> to me and I, and, I, and I don't think they're gonna win it all or at least go undefeated but. It's a possibility. you know, Like I said, I said that uh, a couple of weeks ago in our podcast. When Mercury Morris officially says something, then you know there's a chance you're going yeah, to
2: go on the Yeah, finish, Then you got a chance to do it. And he started talking. Yeah,
0: cause, cause he is the number one
2: hater. I haven't heard at it, nothing though.
0: from Shula. I haven't heard nothing from Shula. I don't even know anybody else that was on the team, for real, because, you know, it was way before my time. Yeah, but Morris,
2: I think a lot of it passed away. But, uh, yeah. Like uh, Larry Mercury, Zonka, I don't know. I think Larry Zonka passed away. There's quite a few guys on there that passed yeah, away. But but long Mercury ago. Morris, uh, the interesting thing is, is that time. John Shula's son, David, is the offense coordinator for the uh, for Carolina. So I think he, he oh. said, you know, that he wouldn't mind if they broke it because it was his son. Okay. Oh.
0: Well, we know and how Mercury, Mercury
2: feel is. that way. <laughs> they, need, that.
0: they need to get that man on TV, man. God, if Mercury's man. dad
2: was on I mean, if Mercury's son was on that team, he wouldn't care. He'd be rooting against them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he really <laughs> would. I, I, I believe, believe he would. That's crazy to me, man. Well,
2: I blame Chris Merc- Berman because Chris Berman always did that little gimmick of uh, the 72 Dolphins are oh, hopping yeah. the bubbly because they're the only undefeated team. Mercury kept hearing that and kept it alive.
0: Yeah, man. and then – <laughs> He's always got his champagne ready to celebrate when you lose too. <laughs> it's like the God, that's the worst. I, I I swear to you, I've never seen anybody that bad. But I guess that's what old age does to you, man. I hope I'm not like that when I get older. Man. Well, but there was a the
2: guy. I'll do. I'll show you my old school roots. Uh, Calvin Murphy uh, for mm-hmm. the Houston Rockets. I believe he had the consecutive free throw streak, or it could have been the highest percentage. It could have been both, but I think it was consecutive free throw streak. He would go to the games and borderline heckle the dude that was getting close to it, and he was in his sixties. <laughs> and he would be at the uh, games if the guy got close to it. He'd be at the yeah. games, enjoying interviews and rooting against him <laughs> for the free throw streak. Oh, yeah. For my
0: for my NBA all my time
2: NBA. players hater ball.
0: Yeah, for my NBA segment, I'm going to question whether or not uh, Steve Kerr throws the eleventh uh, loss if the if the Warriors yeah. ever lose. If he, if he'll throw a game, just so they get eleven. So points. he won't
2: break his own record. Yeah, <laughs> I can see it. I can see I, it.
0: You know, you know, it's funny. I think he could start his bench and they still win, man. So it doesn't matter. They, they're on fire right now. But are um,
2: killing people.
0: Speaking of the NBA, um, the NBA has changed their format for the playoffs, and this is this is uh playing off of what happened yesterday. The NFC East is by far twenty times worse than what we saw last year with the NFC South, in my opinion. It's atrocious. At least in the NFC South last year, there was a there was a time maybe at the end of the season where you could see that the Panthers had finally separated themselves from all the others and that they were deserving of being the team to represent the NFC South in the playoffs. Between the Eagles, the Giants, and the Redskins, it's disgusting. None of them deserve to make the playoffs. And we already know the Cowboys are pretty much going to waste that opportunity without Tony Romo. So do you think it's time for the NFL to consider doing what the NBA did and not put so much stock into division champions and just go with the the straight-up best teams in the playoffs? They
2: won't unless it's a 6-10 and 10 team or something where it's so embarrassing. Even if it's 7-9, and they're not going to do it. And the reason why mm-hmm. they won't do it is because – Every Not everyone, but so many people on the page said, well, somebody's got to win division. Nobody wants a division. They've brainwashed us into thinking that being the best of four teams is an accomplishment. When being mm-hmm. when beating three other teams or being better than three other teams that are pretty much randomly selected is not an accomplishment. It's just not. And so, or it's not much of one. So we have that, but see, everybody has hope. That was the vision of Pete Rozelle, the commissioner that preceded uh, even tackley but Pete Rozelle, before even tackley boo before Goodell, there was Pete Rozelle who expanded the NFL and kind of made it into modern NFL, and he wanted parity. He wanted everybody in every city uh, to have interest in the league the whole entire time, and that's what the mm-hmm. rules do. So, of course, I don't think they will, to actually answer your question, Yes, I think they should. It is absolutely ridiculous that two years ago, I believe the Cardinals were ten and six, and they didn't get in the playoffs because you had, you had a strong Forty ers team and a strong Seattle team. Like that, mm-hmm. that's ridiculous. That ten and six teams should miss the playoffs unless there are other ten and six teams around. So I don't think I think if you're under five hundred, at the very least, you should not make the playoffs. If you are, I mean, I guess too from a money making perspective. These rivalries, and I've got air quotes, do mm-hmm. fuel the league. And you play these teams twice, and you want to make it, but you can't give them home field advantage. Like whoever comes out of the NFC East is going to have a home game, so you got to at least tweak it. I understand why they do what they do because they use some classic rivalries, but at least tweak it.
0: Yeah, it is going to be hard to um, to get the owners to agree to that because there's always going to be the owner who who is benefiting from the system that we have now is going to oppose it. And then guys are going to be thinking, you know, well, this could be my team. Because the NFC West was like that maybe like six, seven years ago. I think the yep. um, Seahawks made it, and they were barely 500 or at 500. They were 7-9, they and, were nine, and they,
2: okay. they beat the Saints. Yep, and that was yep. the Marshawn Lynch uh, beast mode number one play. Yeah, the run, beast play. Mode run, yeah.
0: And then you got um, the NFC South had their uh, turn last year, and now we got the NFC East. So I guess we just need the North to uh, trick it up, and then <laughs> maybe it'll, it'll, it'll bring it all in perspective, which I think is interesting that we don't really see this um, in the AFC. It's really just it's been lately just the NFC type thing. Um, but speaking of brainwashed fans, or just in general, the NFL I feel like is just – It's just an engine that can't be stopped, man. I mean, we could probably spend hours talking about the things that are wrong with the NFL um, in regards to what football is supposed to be like and what they're putting out on the field and and giving to us and saying that it's the best. Um, They're flexing games and stuff like that. They're making these tweaks to the game to make more money. They have yet to tweak something to make the game itself a better product. Do you foresee that ever-changing under Roger Goodell? Has Has Roger Goodell done anything off the top of your head that other than,
2: I think, was this a
0: replay on his watch?
2: I mean, they've made some adjustments, but they've had okay. replay for a while. Okay. So
0: is there anything that he's done that might make you think that he cares about the, the product of the game itself, or is it just all money with him?
2: I guess this year they've done... Uh... They're emphasizing, which Gronk doesn't like, and uh, Witten got caught last night, the push off a little bit, making it a mm-hmm. little bit more fair for the defense. Um, not a lot. I mean, some people would say that the offensive, um, the rules about the clutching and the grabbing, that makes mm-hmm. the game better because you have more offense. I'm not sure if I necessarily agree with that. I would say, for me, I know a lot of people don't agree, And definitely their motives for doing it weren't altruistic. But I do think the concussion policy and taking it seriously, and again, not because he wanted to, because he was forced legally, basically, to acknowledge it. But this is a good thing. They they do take the risk, but you want to take care of these players as best you can. It's a barbaric sport, but you don't have to make the way they're cared for barbaric. There are mistakes with it, but... I mean, they are improving it a little bit more every year, but now they have the third-party spotter. You know, they screwed that up. But even people like Big Ben and Cam get checked out, whereas in the mm-hmm. past, somebody like that wouldn't have gotten checked out. Big Ben was checked out when he got a concussion, and they checked Cam out and was cleared to go back in the game. So there are, there are improvements. Usually they come, and even you know, the domestic violence stuff, they didn't do it because they wanted to. They did it because they had to. But that still counts as actually improving it, even though it wasn't your idea.
0: Yeah, I guess. I, I'm just anti-Gadell. <laughs> well, uh, I'm think not big I think, on him
2: either, especially just, I mean, I tried to defend ever, him, but it's, some of the stuff is just ridiculous.
0: If I ever get a chance, I might get up with uh, Mr. Simmons and we just we just go at him. <laughs> But uh, attacking the shield, attacking the shield is, is, is detrimental to your career. So, if I anybody listening, if I ever make it big and I sell out, don't judge me.
2: <laughs> but, uh, before, before
0: we uh, before we go, um, I want to close with um, your most disappointing team so far this this season, um, because I, we, we we've been pretty positive um, with most of our uh, podcasts when it deals with the NFL. But the, but just like we talked about earlier, the state of the uh the league and just some of the games we've seen, they've been they've been awful. So who's your most disappointing team so far?
2: Gosh. Um, well, of course I'm a Cowboys fan, but they, they they pop into mind too because I was in the dial for a while, but the fact that you can't win a game, even though it just happened, but when Roma was out the first time that you can't win one game or two games and you will be right in this race. It's just ridiculous mm-hmm. that you can't be functional enough to win this horrible division with even with Romo out because it is so horrible. Eagles have been very disappointing, even though maybe they'll make a round, but this is still not what they had in mind. I'm trying to think. To some degree Buffalo, but they still have to pull out a ten and six season, but I'm starting mm-hmm. to think that they're not going to do that, end up being eight and eight. So in some ways they're still up and down. So that's been a disappointment. Um, I'm trying. In some way, I still would think the Chargers, like, I don't remember what their record was last year, but they weren't this bad. I felt like they were close to 8-8, eight and eight, and they got Melvin yeah, Gordon, who I never believed in. But they, aren't, they, they didn't look this awful. They should not be the worst team in the NFL, and I think they really might be.
0: Yeah. And uh, I think they I think they squeaked into the playoffs last year at nine and seven or eight and eight. I think they were eight and eight with the um with the Ravens and, and I guess somehow they won a tiebreaker or, or in some somewhere along the line I guess their home record was better or something like that. But I think they got in last year barely. But um yeah, Melvin Gordon Melvin Gordon is just another case of overused college running back.
2: I think there. it was because my brother always says it's because the uh, it's, he was in the Big Ten and the people were slow. But he, the thing well, he was, he That's was breaking true. like all these 40, 50, uh, Cody Atkins and I talked about in the draft uh, like podcast, and he was breaking all these 40, 50, 60-yard runs, and you can't do that in NFL. Like Jamal Charles had like like three or four, and McCoy had like three mm-hmm. or four. This guy had like six, seven, eight, forty seven, eight, 40-yard runs. And you're just mm-hmm. not gonna get those kinda open lanes. So the the field is closing in on you. Uh and, and it's not it's just not even the same game. And mm-hmm. so I think he's suffering from that. But yeah, I I, I did think the Chargers would at least be functional. They've just been horrible. And the Lions are up there too, That's the last year. You wouldn't have thought they'd be this bad, even though they make they try to make a little run. But there are like quite a few disappointing teams out there.
0: Yeah, um, Maybe we'll get more in-depth on uh, the rookies um, and their performances because we've, we've been getting a lot of uh, Mariota and Jameis debates, but there's more to the NFL rookie class than just Mariota and Jameis. Um, I think uh, we all would agree that uh is having a pretty great year. Uh, it's not Odell Beckham-type rookie season, but it's still a really good yeah, rookie that's season. that's good. Yeah. It's and definitely uh good. what's
2: his face from uh gosh, from Seattle. He's a rookie. He he's up there. What's his name? Who Ra- Rawls? I, I wanna call him drones, but that's not who it is. That's just Thomas stuck in my Rawls? head. Yeah, Thomas Rawls. He he's a rookie. He yeah. he had a has yeah, been, yeah, been good. Girly's been good,
0: of course. That's um Rawls is an interesting um an interesting uh player just because Marshawn you know, I, I question his durability for the last two, three years. You know, as physical as he is, like, how is he able to stay healthy? You know, like, he doesn't miss games, and he's, he's constantly trucking people and, and taking so many hits and yards out the contact. It's just it's just not natural. So he's finally starting to show a little bit of wear and tear, and he's he's got a pretty nice-sized contract. I, I, I'm going to be watching them closely because you know they got issues with the finances in the team. And, and, and I think Bennett is going to be due soon or, or wants to restructure as well and, and, and kind of get something that Cam was holding out for. And who knows, maybe Cam will hold out again. But they've got some internal issues that might come up. And, and Marshawn might be expendable. He just might be expendable. It sounds crazy. Oh, he's but... done.
2: He's not coming back next year. See, I think yeah. they owe him like $13 million next year. Oh, and you got yeah. a kid that's, that's uh, producing like he is they And I saw a report, but there's no way he's coming back. The running backs are, I mean, you just move on. That's what yeah. that's what the position is. Now, I thought last year we'd catch him, but this year would. But that kind of physical play that he does, and he's mm-hmm. about 27, 28 now, that's it. Maybe he yeah. can be healthy and come back, have a Chris Johnson kind of thing. And even Chris Johnson got hurt this year. But he was having a mm-hmm. great season. But that's just how it, that's how the cookie crumbles, as they say, for running backs.
0: Yeah, so gotta make sure we save this so we when we come back and talk about like I, I told you.
2: <laughs> uh
0: but um appreciate you calling in man. Um if you wanna ever jump in the NBA ones, obviously I mean this is your your handle, so uh by all means come in and, and jump into the NBA talk. I'm gonna try to schedule one um probably Thursday cause, um I'm off Thursday. But uh good discussion, man. I'll make sure I share this and try to get some other people's insight. No
2: problem. Thank you, man.
0: All right, thanks. All right, guys, this has been IBS After Dark, um, 10 p.m. to 11:04. That's not a bad uh, podcast. Usually they last about an hour and a half, but um, a lot of good discussion about the NFL, um, and, and college football in general. Um, please make sure you pay attention to the bowl schedule. There's going to be a lot of good bowl matchups. I think this year's bowl matchups are um more attractive than in recent years. So. Um, like I said, the Baylor in North Carolina game is going to be probably one of the most exciting and high-scoring um, bowl games if Baylor can get their quarterbacks healthy. But um, definitely pay attention. Don't just wait till till uh, the national championship or, or the playoffs to to catch some action. Keep an eye on the NFL. It's still um, still not official who all is going to be in the playoffs. I mean, I'm a, I'm a 49er fan, and we've got eight losses, and we're still not mathematically eliminated yet. I'm sure one more loss will do it, but we're still not mathematically eliminated, and that means there's still a lot of action going on. So, so who knows? Maybe people will go on runs. Uh, maybe somebody will finally step up and claim the NFC East. You never know. But uh, make sure you guys, like I said, tune in. Uh, there's plenty of basketball action. College basketball is picking up. Uh, We've got NFL, college, football uh, winding down. So by all means, a lot of sports out there, guys. So make sure you guys are watching and tuning in. This has been IBS Jesus, and this is IBS After Dark on December 8th. Appreciate you guys listening. Okay.